I bet you 20 bucks I can get her to do a podcast with me again. Hello, everybody. I owe you 20 bucks. I'm yeah, here. you do. Hello, he's back. I'm back. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to the latest episode of Adam and Ben, new and selected, a podcast about the movies of Adam Sandler mm-hmm. and Ben Stiller. Where am I? Who am I? Who am I? Why are you in my house? Ah, why are you in my house? Um, don't worry. I have a video I can show you. This isn't oh, scary you. at I all. I have no idea what's going sense. on at all right now. Could you please explain first? I'll explain it to you. Um, 20 years ago, you agreed to do a podcast with me called Adam and Ben. And mm. every week you have to come and watch an Adam Sandler or Ben Stiller 20 film. 20 years. And talk to me about it. Um, everybody, this is our 51st Dates episode with uh, myself, Lucian, and my co-host, Shane. Welcome mm-hmm. back to the show, Shane. Good evening. You are very welcome. Uh, back to the show to talk about an excellent, very pleasant, very lovely film that Adam mm-hmm. Sandler made in 2004 with Drew Barrymore, his co-star from The Wedding Singer, called 51st Dates. I think when people... People, the cl- the cliche that comes out of people's mouths nowadays. Oh, they should make rom coms. Why don't they make rom coms anymore? I don't know what people are referring to, but I like to think that this movie is what they're is what we sh- ideally would be getting five of a year. You know? Yeah, it's like two very recognizable faces who are like pleasant, yes. kind of funny. And... They're they're but they're they're not depending too much on their existing personas. They're going a little outside of that, a little bit, especially her. Uh, because her character is Unwell. very unique, yes. and there's there's something there to do a performance she needs to give. Mm-hmm. Um, high concept, obviously, um, pleasant, lovely, happy environment. Hawaii, you can't go wrong with Hawaii. Basically, um, this is set in Hawaii, right? Yes, he has a uke- yes, he has a ukulele on the poster. Yeah, um, one of the most unaggressive Adam Sandler poses on a poster, I must say, sitting cross-legged with a ukulele. Not even in a joke way. Not even in a joke way. Just kind of pleasant and nice. The tagline of this movie, imagine having to win over the girl of your dreams every friggin' day. Oh, you know, it's Somewhat like friggin' in there. Un- like, 50 not problematic, but like, imagine she must, she must be great. Friggin'. Why is the 51st and dates all in different fonts and colors? Annoying. No need. Yeah. 50 and dates could have been in white and first could have been in red and it would have worked. 51st first dates. First doesn't look like a real word there. No. 51st dates. Is this a good title? Could you have called this anything else? Other than ground, I mean, Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's got one. Of, it's got that kind of ring to it where... When you don't acknowledge what it actually means. It sounds like, oh, that's a movie. Yeah, fish first dates. But then you're like, they go on first date 50 times. No, but when you look at it written down sense. and sound yeah. it out word by word, it's clunky. It's clunky. Okay, you've got a number. First dates. First dates. Well, it could be 40 first dates. It yeah. could be 60 first dates. Is the number 50 overrepresented in movie titles? Um, 50. I'm glad they went with 50 and not like... 46 because you have the 40 year old virgin and this is 40 or two of judd apatow's seven films mm-hmm. he is the number 40 in two of his movies 50 i can't think of a single other movie with 50 in the title 50 there's something really obvious i'm forgetting 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 <laughs> 50, yeah, 50. we also have uh 500 Days of Summer is five. Sorry, that was the other one. 50 Shades. 50 Shades. Three of those. That's in words. There is the uh, the actor and singer uh, 50 Cent. Of course. Yeah, 50 Shades of Grey is in in words. Mm -hmm. Um, 
50. Those are the main 50s I can think of. You'd think that we were trying to avoid talking about this film, but we're not. We're not at all. It's very good. We're very fond of it. Tell me the plot of this film, which I haven't seen in a bit bit of a while. Adam Sandler Mm -hmm. lives in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. and he works as some form of marine biologist slash Mm -hmm. aquarium worker. Yes. Where he spends his days seducing tourists and lonely women who want to have a romantic holiday fling, and then whatever goes about with that for like two or three days then mm-hmm. says oh no i have something to go away to do as an excuse not to keep in contact with them when they leave yeah and eventually he runs into this one girl in particular in the local diner yes and he's he's taken by her yes he's like oh she's something different very funny they get along uh-huh. he asks her out on a date yeah and then the next day the date had planned, okay, we'll go for breakfast in the same spot tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He shows up to the date and she calls him a pervert. Because she, yes. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? Yes. What are these disgusting jokes? Why do you want me to smell your fingers? Yes. And As any sensible woman would yes, say, why do you want me to smell and your fingers? Like, yeah. what's going on? And he seems to be the only person on the island that doesn't know this. Yes. That this it's woman weird. Uh, was in a car crash. Uh-huh. About a year previous. Yes. Where every time she falls asleep, mm-hmm. she wakes up and her memory is reset to yeah. the start of the same day. So she has like 24-hour memory and yeah, then pretty it goes much. back when she falls every asleep. Every day is the same for her. Yeah. And her family facilitates this by printing off hundreds of copies of the same newspaper to have mm-hmm. in the door every day. Yeah. The family goes, The her brother and her dad do the same routine. Yeah. It's perpetually her dad's birthday because that's the day that was... Yes. The crash occurred on. Mm-hmm. So she wishes him happy birthday every week. She gives him a present every day. Yeah. Every day, every and they day. they all just live out this eternal loop, basically. Yes. And Sandler disrupts it by trying to romance her, yeah, which creates problems for the scheme that they're that they've successfully pulled off. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Well, you're obviously nice to her, but like, you just can't be here. Like, we, we, we no, you can't. This is such a, a sensitive a woman situation. Who yes, you every day. because you're basically there's just no way consent can exist in that situation. Sure. Like, um. Well, he. It's eventually justified yeah. by saying that, aren't you sick of looking after? Wouldn't you rather I mind her during the day? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. A few yeah. hours, which is kind of strange. Respite thing. Yeah. Uh, this movie was written by a man with no Wikipedia page oh, who wrote it as a okay. spec script and sold it to Columbia Pictures. I find that fascinating. I mean, I I think the, the script was clearly polished by Adam Sandler to put his sense of sensibilities into it. Yeah. Uh, this guy, like, literally only wrote, like, made up one other movie. And, like, that was it. Like, very bizarre. George Wing. Um, no Wikipedia page. Uh, the script was called 51st Kisses. Interesting. 51st Kisses, 51st Kisses. kind of works dates. better. Maybe. In terms of describing the plot. Because they're not always on a date. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Barrymore was sold in the script and wrote Sandra a letter, suggesting it as their next film together since The Wedding Singer... Uh, Sandler joined the cast and he got Peter Siegel to direct it who he previously worked with on Anger Management very good um, they started making it like the second Anger Management finished they started it oh yeah. okay back to back so this is earlier than this is 04 yeah. it's 04 yeah um, they changed the title to 51st Dates because marketing uh, research had found that the word kisses was turning off men men are insane who doesn't love kisses Men, obviously. Best thing you can have in a movie. Men don't kiss. Men are ridiculous. Men. Uh, Oh, well, the script is credited to George Wing. Lowell Gans 
Babalu Mandel, Tim Hurley, and Alan Covert did uncredited rewrites on it as well, and Adam Sandler reworked the script, significantly transforming its genre from drama to comedy. Excuse me. Oh, the script was also originally set in Seattle, um, and loads of it took place in a claustrophobic cafe, like my dinner with Andre. Sorry, why is he the only person credited on the script then? They totally fucking hemorrhaged his script. It's insane. Um... Was shot in location in Hawaii. Surprise, surprise. Adam Sandler wanted to hang out in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Who saw that coming? The soundtrack contains cover versions of songs that were originally recorded in the late 80s, mostly reggae-style covers. It reached number 30 on the Billboard 200. Um, I wouldn't have said reggae. I would have said, like, Hawaiian ukulele covers. Maybe it's reggae. If I'm you throw not in percussion. Ask if you throw in, in some percussion, uh, yeah. If you throw in some percussion, there's songs by The Cure, The Cars, Spandau Ballet, covers of all these. Like mm-hmm. there's a Will I Am and Fergie cover of True by Spandau Ballet. Uh, the first time that the Black Eyed Peas have featured on this podcast, a band we love very much and went to see live last year. Great show. Great show. Great show. Uh, Wycliffe Seal did covers of songs. Uh, UB40 version of Every Breath You Take. This is like pretty good album like mm-hmm. jason mraz cover of i melt with you and then adam sandler sings forgetful lucy which is a nice song actually um there's loads of other songs in the film as well it's crazy so much yeah lots of reggae here to be fair actually um this movie um is uh obviously riffing on groundhog day and any other films mm-hmm. that are based on the premise of reliving the same day over and over, or Edge of Tomorrow and whatever else. I think it's uh, about as good as those movies get. Uh, it's not quite as good as Groundhog Day, but I think it finds fresh ways to... I mean, obviously Sandler is living like, the new day every day. He's yeah. he's kind of moving in and out of her day, which is repetitive, but he himself is engaging in new behaviors every day. So the movie doesn't get too bogged down in the repetition, I think. It yeah, and there's there. no real montage in the middle of it of them trying and trying and trying. No, no. It again. can't really work that way because she has to be retaught the rules yeah. every time. So you I mean they do they do give themselves montage, some leeway but, and yeah. some like she she kind of like she get it's she learns the rules quicker every day, and yeah. I think that's more of a plot device than sure. anything. But it helps that she's like an intelligent character before she gets exactly, into the yeah. accident. Like you couldn't do this with like a younger person. I no. think she's like just old enough that you're like, okay, this woman was very mature and intelligent sure. when she had this accident, so she's able to like cop onto things very quickly mm-hmm. every day. Best performance in the film, in my opinion, is Blake Clark as her dad, who mm-hmm. is just lovely yeah. and is just like a very engaged locked in caring father who kind of deals with sandler in a way that is like assertive but but very sympathetic and i think he's he's great he's in grown-ups as well obviously as the coach mm-hmm. but i think he's lovely in this he's a really good actor like i am um, surprised he didn't get other really good roles after this in non-sandler films i think it's actually a lovely performance honestly he has too much time for sandler in this film yeah he probably if does my, uh, a bit of a fella dipshit like, who's like known as a Yes, womanizer on the island was trying to get with my daughter that yes. woke up every day and uh, I really couldn't remember things I off. Tell him to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also in this movie, uh, Rob Schneider as another new. He found another new ethnicity oh, yes, to play. He He's yes, a native he Hawaiian in this. He plays Ula. Oh, He's um, like six kids. Are they all his kids? Maybe. There. I think he's like funnier than average in this, as in his average, which is very low. Yeah, I would say this is above average, Rob Schneider. Like two I or mean, three funny jokes. Pizza stuff is kind of funny. Sure, pizza stuff kind. Of, or is yeah, the pizza stuff is in Big Daddy as well. I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing that up. 
Um, to be clear, listeners, I watched this film in the last year. However, I watched it in Italian on TV when I was mm-hmm. on holiday in Crema. Uh, I did watch oh, it. Oh, so it's like a double dose of Rob Schneider. Uh, yeah, exactly. I got him in Italian and nice. Hawaiian face. <laughs> I watched it in English less than two years ago. But yeah, my most recent viewing was in was in Italian. Um, so I'm remembering things visually rather sure, than sure. <laughs> the dialogue. Uh, Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings, who we talked about in our Click episode, plays the brother who, a lisping, steroid-dependent bodybuilder. Uh, oh, that's funny. He's, he's kind of funny. He's in Click as well. Yeah, he had a little run there. He's fine in this. I don't know. He's fine. Whatever. He's not a lot you can do with that type yeah. of character. Then we got this character, Alexa, who works with Sandler, who is... A Ukrainian actress, and I'll just read what I wrote in my own letterboxed review of this film oh, God. Uh, two years ago, where I just said, it's hard to tell if he's transphobic or just thinks that being unique makes someone inherently hilarious, but he's good at blurring that line. Yeah. I guess that's how I feel about this performance, that, like, the joke is that this this woman is very masculine-looking. Yeah. Um, and exists in a very androgynous space. And they do question, like, is that a matter? Yeah, yeah. They make a bit of a joke out of that in a way which is uncomfortable in today's cultural context. But I also feel as though the the thing in Sandler films is always just that there has to be someone to mock with a physical characteristic. And I think in this, sometimes it's a woman with large breasts. And sometimes, like, it's typically rooted in some degree of misogyny. But, like, sometimes it's, like, a guy with a big nose or a fucking this and that. I feel like in this film it just kind of so happens that it's, what if there was a woman who looked like a man? I don't know if it's him particularly targeting (sighs) those sorts of people. Well, like, it falls into a certain category of person that still today kind of suffers as a result of... Suffers as a result of... In films like this, yeah. Yeah, like... Fat people or whatever still like probably yes. get shit online because more than of, the average person because like, of comedy movies making jokes about them. Sure, yeah. Well, well, just yeah. so the film's not contributing anything positive to her, this actress's no, life. Of course not. Um, she is in Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, and I remember her from that. Oh god, she's good yeah. on that. Um, and Miss Congeniality too, and Wayward Pines, ha ha, Wayward oh. Pines, and in an episode of Modern Family. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good good performance, Lucia Struss. Good performance. Yeah, she's. Um, Dan Aykroyd plays the doctor in this. I don't really get that excited when Dan Aykroyd shows up in a comedy because I'm usually just like, oh, this... we 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 did the Dan Aykroyd conversation sure. on the Chuck and Larry episode. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously just before that. I don't think he's memorable in this. So. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I barely remember. Yeah, yeah, he's the doctor, or whatever. Uh, yeah, casting him as a doctor is like boring. Like, yeah. why don't you get Martin Short? I don't know. Like, something like that. Someone wacky. Uh, Amy Hill, my beloved Amy Hill, the babysitter from the Cat in the Hat, is in this movie. She mm-hmm. plays the diner uh, manager. Ah, uh, she's lovely. Uh, she's lovely. She's playing a nice, normal person in this film, yeah. not a ridiculous, horrible stereotype of a Asian woman with glasses, no, which is usually what she does. Wonderfully. Caring, lovely, kind, good motherly figure to yes, Drew Barrymore. Uh, then we got Alan Covert, a, a lovely regular of these, as Ten Second Tom, a guy who he basically Sandler goes to like the hospital where she was treated after yeah. her accident to talk to the doctor, and Dan Aykroyd goes, "Hey, meet Ten Second Tom," and Ten Second Tom goes, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Tom." Yeah, and Sandler goes, "Oh, nice to meet you, man." And he goes, "Hi, I'm Tom. Nice yeah, to meet you." It just keeps going. And it keeps going. It's pretty funny. 
Uh, 10 Second Tom, bless him. Happiest man in the world. Uh, Missy Pyle, the most busy actress of 2004, uh, is Noreen, a tax attorney. Uh, He's one of the women who's like trying to seduce him. Yeah, uh, bless Missy Pyle. She really worked so hard for a few years, and I don't know where she is now. Look at her 2004. Look at it. Insane. The woman was in everything. Oh, God. <laughs> 2003, 2004, 2005, the woman is in. I hope she got her bag. Bringing down the house. Big Fish, Along Came Polly, 51st Days. There's a first Along Came Polly, she's in a Ben, Adam and a Ben in the same year. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Two Bens and an Adam in the same year. Big Fish, Along Came Polly, 51st Dates, Soul Plane, Dodgeball, Anchorman, Meat Market, Civilization of Maxwell Bright, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where she plays um, she plays the mother of of uh, Mike TV. No. The mother of Veruca. Veruca, yeah. yeah. Uh, Just My Luck, Stormbreaker, which she's pretty good in and then harlan kumar uh guantanamo bay and then basically uh she's big role in gone girl where she plays the sort of nancy grace type and then nothing i've seen in the last five years Mm -hmm. bless you missy Pyle. fun face if you see missy Pyle, you know when the movie is from you can date it within three years uh maya rudolph plays a pregnant friend of lucy's at the beach party i don't recall uh lynn collins in this movie hey it's lynn collins from x-men origins wolverine wonderful um you get lynn collins when uh michelle monaghan is not answering the phone uh and then kevin james plays factory worker am i making this up or is there another gender guy with like my rudolph's husband in this oh, there could be i think so i don't remember i can't remember either. uh anyway. anyway anything has someone who's watched it more recently anything about the plot you want to comment on like i guess they they do well to keep it moving considering it yes. is supposed to be the same thing repeated over and over again like i'm not mm. ah, yeah it's entertaining i don't know the conclusion is it's nice very short basically it's oh, it's like 89 minutes yeah a lot of nice it's hawaiian music pleasant it ends with him basically being like taking her out on to live on a boat and making her a video she can watch every morning yeah explaining it and she cries watching the video <sighs> but that's okay because she'll re- utter- it's depressing it's a dep- she her life is very depressing there, I don't know. yes there are obviously some ethical concerns surrounding like, this whole situation she, yeah it's a sad life i don't know i don't think waking up every day watching adam sandler tell you First of all, being on his boat, yeah. scary. Oh, horrifying. Him I'm sorry, if I woke up in the Arctic know, on a just, boat? There's just something With a kid I didn't remember? Yeah, there's just something creepy about all of it. There, like, I don't see what the appeal is to Adam Sandler. God, her getting pregnant every day, or waking up every day realizing she was pregnant, that's yes, depressing. That's, yeah. Oh, I think the ethics of this film just aren't good. But also, the film is obviously like, oh, she could have a happy life. And it's like, could she? I think the life that they had for her at the start of the film is maybe the best case scenario for her. But it's sad for everyone else. It's sad for everyone else. And this film is about making everyone else feel yes, better. Yes, everyone else feel better and her feeling more frightened and alone every yeah. day. <sighs> Will we read the section of the Wikipedia page that's titled Depiction of Amnesia? Sure. Clinical neuropsychologist Sally Thingy writes that 51st Dates maintains a venerable movie tradition of portraying an amnesiac syndrome that bears no relation to any known condition. In 2010, researchers described a woman who developed a similar type of memory impairment after a car crash. It was normal for events in the same day, uh, with memories from the previous day being lost every night. However, a test revealed some improvement in recall for tasks which she had done the previous day. She claimed not to have seen 50 first dates prior to her crash, <laughs> but has watched it several times since. She did say Drew Barrymore was her favorite actress, leading researchers to conclude that her condition might have been influenced by some knowledge of the film's plot and its impacting upon her understanding of amnesia. No way. That's so her whole brain functionality is based on having watched 50 first dates. It's but the one thing that stuck with her. She says she hasn't seen it, but we can't trust her. 
2015, <laughs> two people were discovered to have a form of anterograde amnesia that resembled the type depicted in the movie. One is a man in Germany. He wakes up every day thinking it is March 14th, 2005, because that is the day he went under anesthetic for a dental procedure. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my days. Um, led to this condition. Uh, however, his uh, anterograde amnesia caused him to forget facts, not daily, but within 90 minutes. Oh, God, mm. he's more like 10 second Tom. The other is a woman who believes every day is October 15th, 2014. Sorry, is that not the fucking day from The Leftovers? I think that could be the date for the date after show or this film. This film, this film is set in February. I'm not sure. What oh, the sorry, date. the date when leftovers. There's a scene where departs. She figures out that it's not yes. the day she thinks it is, and it's in October. Oh, never mind. The date in the leftovers is October 14th, 2011. What's His this? accident was October 15th, 2014. Okay, okay. I thought the leftovers was set in 2014 because that's when the show started. She's visiting Kettering General Hospital kickboxing injury. Oh God, she went to hospital for a kickboxing injury, and then she slipped and hit her hell on a metal pole in hospital, and that's oh, what caused the accident. Days. Um, someone in a center has started a program showing dementia people a video every morning with reminders and blah 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 blah. blah. He took the idea from Fifty First Dates. Okay, great. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to say about the film was we haven't talked about Drew Barrymore before on this podcast. Is she not in Duplex? Never mind. We talked about Drew Barrymore in the first episode. The very first episode. We've done our Drew Barrymore thing. Never mind. Duplex comes out a few months after this, but two months later, I'd have definitely swapped them. I, I think I, so. I think I imagine this film is later than it actually was. I think so. This is very 04 to me. Is it, yeah. It's got, I don't know, the poster is very 04. I associate this film with DVD rental stores sure. around that time. Oh, right, big like, exhibition movie. Big exhibition movie. Just reminds me very much of the sort of Meet the Fockers mm-hmm. era. Uh, she was in Duplex in 2003. 2003. Yeah. Um, God, she never made two movies in one year. N- never in her life, like. Queen. I mean, interesting, unusual. Literally never once. I'd so love she, to work just once a year. She's never made more than one movie in a year. It's like one. Oh, never mind. She did. She made three movies in 2009. This is just laid out badly. Ignore me. Ignore my stupid. I will ignore you. Uh, she You're very frequently she wrong. directed Whip It, which okay. I've never seen with with Elliot Page as a what's the sport in this movie called oh, again? It's like the roller derby. Roller derby. That's the one. People love that movie. I I might watch it. What a cast. Elliot Page, Marsha Gay Harden, Kristen Wiig, Drew Barrymore, Juliette Lewis, Daniel Stern, and Jimmy Fallon. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Fair enough. Sounds good. Um, Drew Barrymore doesn't uh, act really anymore because she uh, hosts a talk show. <laughs> Does she? She hosts a daily oh, talk show. Oh, it's like show. a daily talk show. Drew yeah, Barrymore yeah. show. Yes, of course. And she's good at it. And Adam Sandler was on it. And they have done 435 episodes. Fair play to her. It's on every day. We play, that, that's kind of the dream life really will we play a game where you guess today's guests on the drew barrymore show sure never mind that information is not on wikipedia okay let's move along uh let's do our segments uh the class corner uh, segments segments we have neglected segments are recently. back they're back 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 They're back 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 uh class corner um it's hawaii everyone's rich in hawaii you remove class i guess i'm not sure what the cost of living is in Hawaii. white people in hawaii all rich sure. i i'd say he makes like 50 grand a year i'm sure he does he works in a like a an aquarium sea world type thing where very he fun fish. place is that a movie actually yeah big fish big fish oh yes there's a lot of uh animal gags in this where they have like walrus that waves at you and yes, he's yes, like he asks at one point the walrus should i sleep with through barrymore mm-hmm. and the walrus nods yes it's good i like that yeah. I like walruses. They're fun. Um, uh, are they... The running gag is that they have the second largest um, penises of any mammal. Aha. Uh-huh. And then on multiple occasions, somebody will point to another person and go, he's first. 
Oh, very good. First, it was the cook in the diner. Then it was the doctor mm. pointing to someone. Anyway, something tells me that the uh, something tells me that the original screenplay did not feature that stuff, and that may have been added in by the Snyder <laughs> guys. Yeah, the human. it sounds like the original script was a serious <laughs> drama. Like, yeah, it's more like the Wikipedia entry of that woman who just forgot stuff. I'm on, on Drew Barrymore's Wikipedia page. Yeah. It's a really weird photo of her with uh, Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan <laughs> when she was a child. What the fuck? What the fuck? What a weird thing to have on it. Is it in like the political views section? Oh, I don't there? think so. She's not right wing. It's in the 1980s section. Okay. She's 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 was the she youngest a child actress. She's in E.T. Oh, yes. she's the girl he kisses in E.T. Okay. She was discovered by Spielberg. She was the youngest ever host of uh, Saturday Night Live. Fair play. How old is she at the time? Jesus, I don't know. Uh, Saturday, uh, let's do the maths. Saturday Night Live started in 1975, so it was in 1983, and she was born in 1975, so she was eight years old. That is ridiculous. Holy, she's not that's an eight-year-old. Not getting beaten. No, she's not an eight-year-old host Saturday Night Live. Um, Fair play to her. She doesn't have a political views section on her Wikipedia page because she is good at staying out she of have a She's part of the Barrymore like, clip dynasty. SNL host introduced spans. As a child, yeah, they don't put the. I can't search for that. They don't put the don't name put the in, the, in the. They don't put the data yeah. in the title. I'm sure she did. Will we find out who her musical guest was? We'll find out who her musical guest was. That could be a fun game. Where would I even find a list? Did they of do that? musical guests on the Drew Barrymore show? They do. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. It's television. Okay, season eight of SNL. I'm on this page now. Let's yeah. see. Okay. Drew Barrymore. We'll play a game where you... Oh, no, you don't know. Squeeze. Mm. Squeeze. Squeeze. Other people hosted SNL that year. Chevy Chase, with musical guest. Queen. Oh, that's a big one. Lou Gossett Jr., who was the old guy in Watchmen. Yeah. We got Ron Howard hosted with The Clash. Imagine just watching SNL and the fucking Queen and The Clash are performing and not, like, Cardi B, like... Uh, not the Cardi... Like, not to, like, be, like, one is better than the other. Just, like, that feels like so long ago. Uh, Michael Keaton hosted with the new Joe Jackson band. Yeah, it kind of just puts into context how long SNL's been going. But how long people like Michael Keaton and Drew Barrymore have been on TV. Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane that Michael Keaton's hosting SNL with Joe Jackson performing years Stepping ago. Out, and now he's hosting it with, with like, mo- modern artists. Yeah. insane. Um, the Smothers Brothers hosted. Uh, Eddie Murphy hosted with Lionel Richie. That could happen today. Yeah. Lily Tomlin hosted with her in character as Purvis Hawkins as the musical guest. Fair play. Uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas performed, since, or hosted. Bo and Jeff Bridges hosted together with Randy Newman. Bruce Dern hosted. Robert Guillaume hosted with Duran Duran. Joan Rivers hosted with Musical Youth. Musical Youth are, like, one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, you know, the little, like, English kids singing about smoking weed. Like I don't. They're like a reggae child band. Oh. Pass the duty from the left-hand side. Oh, yeah, I know that song. That's them. There's actually, like, kids in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Musical Youth. Oh, they're great. great. Joan Rivers was probably very racist and rude to them <laughs> because she is a horrible person. Um, Stevie Wonder with Stevie Wonder and Ed Koch, coach. Co- Ed Koch. Coke. He was like the mayor of New York. He hosted with Kevin Rowland and Dexie's Midnight Runners performing Come On Eileen. That is class. <laughs> you'd honestly have a lot of fun if you just went back and watched old SNL episodes. Yeah. Like The comedy is terrible, but you'd have fun with the... Probably no worse than it is today. Well, I mean, these. this is who was on this season. You had... Julia Louis Dreyfus, yeah. Eddie Murphy, and a bunch of people I've never heard of. Sure. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, so, fifty first dates. Do we have anything else to say about it? No. The internet has kind of ruined the premise of Saturday Night Live. 
Of course. So I can just get jokes there. Anytime you want on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, the fun of Saturday Night Live is like the the fun of it that still remains is oh, what if Brennan Gleeson like dresses in a funny outfit and does a sketch with with a bunch of people who work together every week. It's like watching famous people make bad TikToks. Yeah, but it's like what if we put a variable? Yeah. So we have the same group of comedians yes. every week, but we put one variable different and see what happens. Yeah, and that variable could be Brennan Gleeson or Aubrey Plaza or whoever the fuck, mm-hmm. but it changes the energy a little bit every week. Sure. That is a fun idea for the show. The problem is that when that variable is Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. It stops being fun. Mm-hmm. It just becomes depressing. Anyway, any other opinions on this very pleasant four-star motion picture? Well, we have the rest of our segments to get through. Oh, sorry, we do. Uh, okay, so Alex, Alex Scale, we haven't done this in a bit. Um, yeah, he's very chill in this. Very chill. He lives in Hawaii. He's got a rich job, whatever. We're putting him, I would say, right beside the just go with it guy. Yeah. Actually, no. The just go with it guy yells at kids a lot. I'd put him chiller than that. Uh, we've done the... Barrymore Corner. Uh, would, could Ben Stiller play this role? Uh, Has he done rom-coms? I, I don't really believe in rom-com as a genre. No, I um, think all his films are rom-coms. I mean, Along Came Polly, oh, Polly came out something this about month. Mary, kinda. Uh, something About Mary is a rom-com. I mean, I don't know. My question, I guess, I don't really believe in rom-com as a genre. Sure. But my definition of rom-com would be where the film ends not on a silly, stupid, comedic note, but on a yes, sincere, I, gentle, romantic note. Bring in. There's, this there's film, a, there has to be sincerity. This too. film is a romantic comedy in a, and just go with it is a romantic comedy. Yes, in a way that Duplex is not. Mm-hmm. Meet the Parents is not. Yeah, those films end on like weird slapsticky bits, right? Because the comedy takes precedence over the romance. Yes, the in, romance is a side thing. I think that yes, this this is a romance with some comedy. Just elements. go with it. Are romantic comedies yeah. as people generally define them but if you asked the average person we know who goes on with the mm-hmm. oh, romantic comedies they would say that they don't consider just go with it to be a romantic comedy because they don't like adam sandler's style of comedy sure but he's not your traditional leading man rom-com hunk but i don't know who that is in 21st century and no one has an answer for me gosling or someone Gosling's never made Gosling has made one romantic comedy Crazy Notebook? Stupid Love oh, no. Notebook is a very melodramatic film about the passing of time and aging it is not a comedy has George people, Clooney been in some what are the Nancy Myers things the Nancy Myers things are yes but they all have different men in them there's no conventional like I don't know if you're counting like <sighs> Friends with Benefits and that kind of thing that's not Yes, that's that's trying to be, but those are all just not ripping off when Harry met Sally. Or yeah, like, yeah. I don't believe there is a man acting today who is a romantic comedy type leading man who yeah. has ever actually like gotten to act on that premise. Honestly, Seth Rogen does that. Like these, yeah. guys, he makes movies where he meets a beautiful woman and falls in love with her all the time. He's been in like five that are great. Mm-hmm. People who go on about romantic comedies only like shit. Mm. that Richard Curtis makes. Okay, yeah. Therefore, if you were to suggest to them a romantic comedy starring Adam Sandler or Seth Rogen, they would probably make a face and go, no, because they don't consider anyone who is like a sort of silly stoner type guy. Maybe they're just thinking more softcore porn. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like people would go, oh yeah, like like uh, the Richard Curtis movies are, so the Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Rennie Zellweger. Yes, sure. Shit is romantic comedies. But th- those films are not good. And they're also all British. So like, Yesterday is a romantic comedy. Yeah. And it's a good one. Mm-hmm. But it's more well known as being a Beatles yeah. sci-fi film. So I don't know. It's complicated. I don't think it's a real genre. I think that they all fall into other categories. Yeah. Anything can be a romantic comedy if you want it to be. Romance and comedy in a film. That's like in every film. Yeah. 
I think Punch Drunk Love is absolutely a romantic comedy. Yeah, but it's not. Mm, and it's funnier. It doesn't hit the beats of. Uh, it's too like experimental a loud comedy, like. but it is laugh out loud funny. Yes, it's hilarious. Oh, sure. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut, shut the fuck up! up. <laughs> shut the fuck up! It's really sad. Though. It's like laughing at someone. Yeah, well, it's a someone. it's a film about a guy who gets in a phone sex scam. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a bit in uh, bit in Babylon where someone did this "shut the fuck up, shut up, shut up, shut up" thing, and it was yeah. Really who was it? It was the director in the sound booth thing. Oh, it was in that scene. Oh yeah, I yeah. think so. Was it BJ? Yeah, was anyone, anyone, anyone sneeze again? I'll fucking kill. Was it that? I feel like there was no, no. I feel like there was no? a separate scene where someone just went "shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up." Like it was just like fun. I can't remember. Possibly. Anyway, check out Babylon, guys. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, gonna get zero Oscar nominations tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't even get like Pitt's, soundtrack, not soundtrack. But, like, score. score. It will get score. It will score. Get. Pitt's gonna get in, according to a couple of predictions I saw, at the expense of much better performances. If it's yeah. if it's him over Eddie Redmayne, I'll survive. But like, what's that clip of Eddie Redmayne I see going around? That's the clip from the film he's going to get nominated for an Oscar what for. What film tomorrow. is that? The Good Nurse with Jessica I've Chastain. I've never heard of that. The Netflix original movie with Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. Combination for me to avoid at all costs. Right. Uh, we do the box office. Are we any more segments? No. No. We don't. I think I have one more thing to talk about here. Uh, any any date stories you want to share? I don't know. Do you want to get, you want to get personal? Well, I don't know. You go first. No, I don't have any. Why would we tell a date story? We I need know, to have all a my theme. dates have been lovely and pleasant. Yeah, so mine too. I have nothing bad to say about him. Yeah. Uh, Peter yeah. Siegel, uh, his most recent film as director is My Spy with Dave Bautista, which I watched two minutes of in a hotel last week. Is that a kid? That is Dave Bautista and a child. That film came out like March 1st, 2020. Is that After Sun? <laughs> yeah, it looks like After Sun. <laughs> <laughs> he really makes a lot of bad stuff. He made Second Act with Lopez. He's he trying so hard. Drud- grudge Match with Stallone and De Niro, a movie everyone remembers. Yeah. Oh, um, I do, actually. He made. Oh, he made Get Smart. I like Get Smart. I've done a podcast about that before. It's a good movie. Longest Yard. So he did three Sandlers three years in a row. Anger Management, this, young, Longest Yard. And then he... Longest Yard really flopped. Really flopped. And then he like, never worked with him ever again. We're never going to talk about... Young- oh, he also did Nutty Professor Two the Clumps. And Tommy Boy, I have seen... And my fellow Americans, excuse me. Have you seen all his films? I haven't seen Second Act. Oh, okay. I've seen almost all his films. We got to watch Second Act. All right. Very good. I've seen... Tommy Boy is pretty good. David Spade and uh, Chris Farley before mm-hmm. Chris Farley dies. Pretty good film. We've talked about Chris Farley before. Yeah. Okay. So, this film cost a lot of money. It cost $75 million, which is almost as much as Babylon apparently cost, which is just not true. Sorry, it's, what? That's absolutely not. The budget of Babylon is listed as incredibly low. According to that's not, online what? sources, it costs 78 You're not going to tell me Babylon costs $3 million more than fucking 51st Day. It's not a fucking chance. The scale of some of the scenes in Babylon. I think that's complete horseshit if you told me 178 i'd it must be double that it has, it has to, be. to be there's so many crowd scenes in it it was shot during covid and it stars two people who have extremely high quotes there's no way that that did was they made. actually just take homeless guys off the street like they right said, like, like robbie and pitt are not making this movie for less than like eight million each sure so that's already 16 million out of the budget that's 20 percent. then you have to pay for all the sets all the costumes all the extras it goes on for so long and then you got to pay for spoiler for babylon you got to pay for a clip from avatar <laughs> <laughs> so like there's no way it costs the same as 51st dates horseshit anyway no way 51st dates cost 75 million 
and made $198.5 million. I'd say Sandler got paid so much for this. Oh, yeah. This would be like the era where they're like, oh, yeah, 25, 25 million. There oh, you go. Really? That, that much? Tw- 20. Like, ah, oh, sure, yeah. Him and Jim Carrey were both making 20 million a film in the early 2000s. He must be so rich. He must be so rich. Um, it's weird he's never like bought a basketball team. You think that's something that more rich guys would do? Oh, uh, he's probably not. You could ah, buy a small, like basketball teams cost like a billion. Okay, well, like invest in one. Sure, yeah. He could be Co- a minority on. stakeholder yes. in something. But then I guess that's not as fun. That is, he has to like sit in the corporate box and uh, maybe he is. Then we just don't Honestly, know. Honestly, yeah. What's his What's his local? Gives all his money to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. The the, Met, the I Mets. Know, I don't know where he lives specifically. I mean, he grew up in Brooklyn, right? So is he a Brooklyn kid? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can find out very easily who he supports. Um, basketball. Um, I don't know. I'm actually not sure. Mets. Knicks. Mets are a no. little niggy. baseball team. Oh, never mind. The Nets, not the Mets. The Nets. Adam Sandler, favorite basketball team. Has to be easy to find that out. In addition to being a good basketball player, <clears throat> Adam Sandler regularly attends NBA matches. That's mm-hmm. no help. Good for him. The New York Knicks. He supports the New York Knicks. And like Spike Lee, who also directs movies, he's yes. often seen in Madison Square Garden. Who also directs movies. Adam yes. Sandler has never directed a movie. All right. <laughs> um, um, okay, you could read that in a different way. But yeah, he's, sure. he's a Knicks guy. Spike Lee, comma, who also directs movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. Well, Spike Lee there. wears fucking merch every time I see him. Sure. So. Right. Okay. Box office time. Box office so. time. This opened at numero uno. So this opens Valentine's Day 04? Oh, Valentine's Day. That'd be a good date movie. Poster says Valentine's This would be a good date movie. If this came out Valentine's Day now, oh, baby, I'd be able to see this on Valentine's Day with or without a companion. Mm -hmm. The very cool thing about doing a podcast is like you're living in the world of click. Why? Because the audience doesn't notice when we pause things. (laughs) Sure, okay. Fair enough. We have paused several times. Yeah, because I was making gross, weird noises. Right. All right, number two. This is about a very specific type of establishment. A haunted mansion. No. The haunted mansion. No. No, that would have been a good guess, though. (laughs) The haunted mansion is a very specific type of establishment. A mansion that is haunted, specific. This is the second one of these films. Oh. Is it a a house belonging to a big mama? No. Oh, damn. God damn it. It's a business. It's a place of business where you buy a service. Oh, okay. And it goes something to colon back in business. Made something to the second week made back, 14 million something to back in business yeah start listing businesses off a restaurant no barbershop barbershop, barbershop 2 back in business barbershop, two barbershop, two barbershop 2 ice cube back in business they did barbershop 3 and then they did a lady version called beauty shop <laughs> oh, okay that's clever right beauty shop I guess you never heard that one before I had not very good so there's your establishment very good I would have preferred if it was a big mama's <laughs> house but whatever or haunted mansion yeah you can't have it all no. Those were also movies with black leading men. So I was like on the right yeah. track, you know, yeah. Ice Cube, Eddie Murphy, and uh, Martin Lawrence, kind of part of the same. They're all, you know. Yeah, they, they operate in the same Same space, genre. Yeah. What are we looking for now? This is a film I don't know, so I'm going to have to look it up. I'm, I, odds of me knowing. Gavin O'Connor. It. Oh, our boy. No. The accountant. No. Oh, sorry. Our boy is not the name of the film. No, Gavin O'Connor, director of The Accountant. Oh, yes. The, he's director of Wire, The Accountant, The Way Back. He was meant to do Suicide Squad too, but they they got brought James Gunn in. Uh, who else did he do? 
He makes mad movies. Yeah. What was he in 2004? I haven't a fucking clue. Who's in it? Uh, Bruce Willis? Who is in this? This is Kurt Russell. No, I, you're going to have to tell me. Trisha Clarkson. No, I'm not going to get it. I won't get it. If no. you believe in yourself, anything can happen. There's no way I'm going to get this. This is called Miracle. I have no fucking idea what that is. When college coach Herb Brooks is hired to help the 1980s men's U.S. Olympic hockey team, he brings a unique and brash style to the ice. Not a hockey movie. After assembling a team of hot-headed college stars who were humiliated in an early match, Brooks invites in his squad against a heavily favorite Soviet team. Kurt Russell doesn't do it for me. No. Jesus. Okay. Sounds boring. Okay, next up. I'd actually... I'd rather, like... I'd rather lose a day of my life than watch that film for 90 minutes. I'm not joking. Do you want to see a Cold War analogy based nope. in hockey? You know what I'd rather watch? I'd rather watch John Dielman again than watch that. Fair enough. I mean, that's not a, not a hard choice. John Dielman rules, but yeah. Uh, could Adam Sandler play John Dielman? Adam Sandler and John Dielman? Yeah. Yeah. He could do it. I'd watch he stubs it. stubs his toe every 45 minutes. He goes, <laughs> fuck! Yeah. <laughs> uh, eat some crisps out of a bag for yeah. an hour. Yeah, it'd be good. Okay, next up we got a Johnny Johnny Dealman the remake. <laughs> Johnny Dealman. Johnny Dealman. Um uh, a remake. What's wait, what's uh, Happy Dealman? Um next up Happy Dealman. Is this one name? Sorry, okay. If it this is... was a podcast where the names of the episodes were like references to funny things that have been said during the episode, this episode would be called Happy Dealman. Yeah. Just to note that for the <laughs> listeners, like if we followed you have to the, wait 27 yeah, if we followed the JL show format of episode titles, where episodes would be called shit like Smelly Sock or whatever, yeah. like that's what it would be called. Whatever bit, yeah. This is a weirdly high score, or maybe not weirdly high, but I wouldn't associate this leading actor as okay. having films with an average of like really Profi- like a relatively a three, four star. Film. Oh, a four star, three point five. But the, that's a four. Yeah, the most common answer is a four. Interesting. The actor being. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, I'll get it. Okay. Uh, okay. It's got Amy Smart, Eric Stoltz, Melora Walters. Melora Walters from Magnolia. Drug addict lady. Oh, is that her? That's her. Yeah, she's in this. Is this movie just friends with Ryan Reynolds? No, it's not. No. No. That's the only Amy Smart Someone's movie. slightly less annoying. That's the only Amy Smart movie I can name. Uh, I haven't a clue. You're going to have to give me more clues. Um, <laughs> I haven't a clue. Such minor changes. Such huge consequences. Such minor changes. Such huge consequences. What is a, a phenomenon that have I have I logged this in Letterbox? You have not. Fuck. No one I follow has logged. Balls. Uh, I don't know if I know what it is. Director. Um, two directors. Okay. Eric Bress. No. Who has directed two films? Ugh. No, I'm not going to get and this. And I'm sure there's Jay the Mackie Gruber. I'm sure it's the same films. I'm sure they've directed the same films. Yeah. Yes, that's how directors work. Yes. Duos. And yeah, this is the okay. The lead is Ashton Kutcher. The lead is Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, Butterfly Effect. Yeah, my dad really likes that, and we had it on DVD in the house. Okay, never I watched have it. Not seen. It is a sort of a. If you change one thing, yeah. everything changes around the world. That is the butterfly effect. Sounds like something I should watch, but Ashton Kutcher, very much. You're right. That is the peak of his popularity mm-hmm. in the dramatic acting world. Like. It's all downhill after that. Was that 70s show finished at the stage? Must have been just finished, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Before he became... Oh, there was a Butterfly Effect too. He's not in it, though. Is he not? No. Ah. Uh, yeah, Butterfly Effect. Interesting, interesting. I know nothing about it. The poster has, like, ugly blue kind of yeah, inverted like... color filter. It looks like Donnie Darko. Kind of off-putting to me. Mm. Anything that looks like Donnie Darko, I just don't want to watch. It has big Donnie Darko vibes. Anyway... <laughs> Right. Okay, next up. Yep. 
By oh, the you're way, not, you're not gonna get if this. I reviewed any of these, do the whole like yes, read yes, my review out to me because that's very fun. I'm not gonna get this. All right, tell me what it is. This film on Letterboxd, the crew consists of one person. I'm not gonna get it then. This is you've got served. What the fuck is that? This fucking dance thing. What the fuck? Uh, if you want to respect, let's move. It's like, past it's, this. like it's like a step. Let's move past thing, this as fast as possible. All right. Okay, next one. I think this is one of our boys. Okay, have I reviewed it? You should have. I'll call Please. it out. Oh, now. I hope so. I might not have though. Shane has to look up every film individually on Letterboxd. I have to find your reviews. Yeah, but he should make you should make a list in advance on Letterboxd where you can just click into each of the movies. No, I'm not going to do that. I know you're not. I should get a third par- party to do that. I'll hire a okay. researcher to do that. Something something. I've not reviewed this now. You have. Oh, I have. Yeah, but I'm not going to. Oh, this case. Something something. So, the name. Yeah. Toilet comedy was really big in 2004. <laughs> but if you want to see another actor yeah. doing Jesus Christ Superstar. What? Okay, so I'm going to call these... What Tom- the fuck? Jesus Christ. This- <laughs> the fuck am I talking Okay, about? I'm going to call the two men Tom and John. Okay. So it's like, Tom toilet comedy was big in 2004. But if you want to see John doing Jesus Christ Superstar... That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. There's no... The punctuation seems weird. There should be a comma there, not a full stop. We could do anyway, all, Yeah. We will cover this in the pod at some stage. Oh, really? So it's one of the last, like, seven movies we have to do. Yes. This is Ben. Yeah. So the movie is... John Hamburg film? Does that mean anything? Are you sure we're going to cover this? Yeah, surely. We have to. You, There's no way with the, we two, with the two leads we can't. There's so many names in this you can't not. I don't think we are going to cover this. There's only like three bends where we have left to cover that I was planning on doing. It's a long Kim Polly. We're not doing that. Are we not? I don't want to do it. It's Even with Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's shit. Alec Baldwin. It's terrible. And Kazaria. No, I, we made an executive decision to skip that one. Did we? I wasn't sure if this was on yeah, the list. Yeah, no. I'm not bothered. Ah, oh, can't believe we're skipping a Stiller Aniston. You're, I gave it fucking one or two stars at least. It's bad. You it's, two stars. Yeah, it's yeah. really bad. It's not, Sorry, so your review. That's your review. You make sense of that. Ben Stiller toilet comedy was really big in 2004. But if you want to see Phil Hoffman doing Jesus Christ Superstar, oh, I guess there's a scene in it where Philip Seymour Hoffman sings the Jesus Christ Superstar song. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought the sentence just trailed off. I didn't know there was like yeah, an exclamation mark. Yeah, it can mark. be read like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I should have yes, pointed okay. that out. So we're not doing a long Kim Polly. No. no I don't want to. I don't like it. Fair enough. It's not good. Uh, Okay. I'm going to have to look this one up again because I don't know <laughs> it. Oh, my days. I don't think there's much more after God, this. Ben Stiller made so many films this year. He did. He does this du- du- duplex to 03 and then the- and then Polly Dodgeball. Uh, Fockers. This is, a, this is another one you haven't Ackerman. reviewed starring Kristen Stewart. Uh, starring Kristen Stewart. Is it Cash That Kid? Yeah. Never seen. Spot on. An athletic 12 year old. Yeah. She's like a kid robber. She's no. like a child robber. Okay. No, it doesn't have to do with By our favorite director, Bart Freundlich. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it's a Freundlich picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, who are your Freundlichs? Uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, there we go. All okay, right. Let's see. Do we have that mouse? Mm, we don't have to necessarily. No, there's nothing here. We're we talking about. We got a Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Ah, uh, yes. Haha. <laughs> Real Mystic River, Cold Mountain, Monster. Something's got to give. Big Fish. Cheap Brother Dozen. Mm, big Fish is good. Yeah, that's enough. All right, that's enough. Thanks everybody for tuning in to our thingy episode, fifty uh, first mm-hmm. dates. Um, I enjoyed the Italian version, so uh, you know. Yeah. Buona noche. 
just shows how universal his uh yes. his appeal is. I will say when I watched it on TV in Italian, the guy doing the Adam Sandler dub sounded exactly Pretty like good. him. They cast him well. I looked up who did it, and he does everyone in Italian. Oh, fantastic! He does all of our guys in Italy. He's got it nailed. He does Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy. I'm not so sure about that one, uh, but he's anyway. He does all the comedy guys in the early 2000s. Fantastic. That must be awful if you're Italian. It's the same guy in every movie. Yeah, but he's an impress- He's an impersonator. Like. Oh, so he doesn't do the same voice. Wrong. What if we had everything dubbed in fucking Irish and Mario Rosenstock did them and oh, did a different Jesus voice for everybody? It'd be annoying, but like you'd you'd eventually fall for it. Yeah. Okay, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with a Ben Stiller picture to be determined. It won't be long, Ken Polly. No, it will probably either be the Fockers trilogy, Greenberg, or Madagascar Three: Europe's Most Wanted. Yeah, I think. Those are the ones we're going to do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, don't hit your head and forget your memory. No. Adam and Ben Pods on all social media and adamandbenpod.com. Mm-hmm. And we will be back soon. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Good night.